Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A bunch of badasses, if you know what I mean, they're coming out of the sky, out of the sea, and on land, gonna take it to the enemy. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the UDT. Hey folks, Commander Mark Devine coming at you in uh, sunny Encinitas, California with the Unbeatable Mind podcast on the Seal Fit channel and today I'm pretty stoked to have a special guest named Larry Hagner who's founder of the Good Dad Project and just released his first book which already hit number one on Amazon called The Dad's Edge. Now I had a uh, podcast with Larry a few weeks ago and it was so enjoyable and so interesting and so useful, especially for you fathers out there, that I thought you know we would have another conversation and bring this information and just you know have a discussion about parenting, especially from a male perspective, with Larry. And uh, we'll see how it goes. And, and I think this will be very valuable and useful. So, Larry, I really appreciate your time today, and uh, it's great to see you again. Mark, how you doing, man? It's such an honor to be here. Appreciate you having me. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, you know, and I've, I've just uh, dropped my son off at school this morning and uh, he got up early. He got up literally 45 minutes early just so he could drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a motivator right it? there. I know. He's 16. <laughs> he's got his driver's permit and he just wanted to drive. And so we cruised all over the place and then got to school, school early and what a motivator for him. So now I've got something to hang over his head because he, he really wants this special kind of car, you know, a used Mercedes that he's just drooling over. Wow. And so, of course, you know, his grades have got to be good. And he's yeah. going to read my book, Unbeatable Mind. And we're going to have a discussion on every chapter, <laughs> those kind of things. But, you know, cleaning the room and um, taking out the trash, all that stuff is still a struggle. Anyways. Everyone- well, at least you got him up early. I mean, I had to pry my kids out of, out of bed this morning, which, which I usually have to anyway. But, you know, they're <laughs> nine and seven. They don't have a car to look forward to. <laughs> I know. Isn't it interesting? Like, there is, there, you know, in my opinion, there is no perfect way to parent there is no perfect parent and there's no perfect kid you know we just we just kind of try to do the best we can and keep them within the lanes and, and give them a strong example to follow you know i i'm anxious to hear your perspective on this i'm sure most of the fathers who are listening or unbeal mind have also struggled with this and and for sure you know unbeal mind principles which we can talk a little bit about in the context of parenting parenting have helped but just tell us a little bit about your story where are you from and you know, how did you get interested in doing this? And, and tell us about the founding of the Good Dad Project. Sure. I mean, I I grew up in St. Louis, so Midwest. Yeah, right. I, I've lived here all my life. Uh, really, the Good Dad Project came out of inspiration of not knowing what the hell I was doing as a father. <laughs> and I just so badly wanted to learn how to be better. And I, I got to tell so I grew up, long story short, I kind of grew up in this in this fatherless environment for some mm-hmm. time. But I also had father figures that were kind of in and out of my life quite a bit. My mom was married a handful of times, and neither one of those father figures were all that positive. So when I did have one in my life, it was usually a toxic element to mm-hmm. it, you know, some sort 
sort of alcoholic, you know, situation. It was just, it wasn't that great. Um, So what I found out when I became a father is that I knew exactly what I didn't want to do as a father, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea what to do. So I was kind of like stuck in this limbo of like, okay, I know I don't want to do this, kind of what I grew up with, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea what I want to do. And I swear for, I've been a dad now for almost 10 years and I probably spent half of my time, you know, just struggling through it as Mm -hmm. struggling husband, struggling father. It wasn't until about five years ago, I really kind of became sort of obsessed with just personal growth, personal Mm -hmm. development. And I went out there and just tried to seek out everything I possibly could to be a better version of myself. And what I found was, is that when I armed myself with certain strategies, a certain mentality, I was able to show up bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And I was able to choose my perspective. And I was able to just empower myself a little bit more, you know, on my journey of fatherhood. And I'm not saying that Every day is perfect and my house is full sure. of sunshine and rainbows. Man. I wouldn't believe you if you told me that. You've <laughs> <laughs> no. got three boys. I don't know if that's possible. Because people think that about me and it's not true. Right, <laughs> right. right. I mean, but I, I think what you can do is you can, number one, have the proper mental attitude towards your journey, always being open to learning more, you know, and being able to mentally, emotionally handle those life curveballs when they show up because, man, they absolutely do. Sure. And the one thing that I, when I was when I was going on this journey of self empowerment, um, I came across actually your book, mm-hmm. and the book really spoke to me, and it really helped me and a lot of my clarity as a father. Cool. You know, one thing that you said, which I think resonates with me, and I wanted to kind of highlight, and it, it's related to a um, a concept called fixed versus growth mindset, and it's, it's based on the work of a woman named Carol Dweck. Have you heard of her uh, work? I, I just did two yeah, seconds ago. Two seconds ago, yeah. yeah. So her book is called Mindset. It's worth picking that. Maybe that could be your next read. And it really is a simple version of Unbeatable Mind in that her, her hypothesis was, as a, you know, as a teacher, is that what she noticed was that you know, kid, if you threw a really significant challenge at a child, there were kind of two responses. One was the kid thought they were supposed to know it, but when they couldn't get it, they shirked from it, right? And so they kind of retreated and had threw up all sorts of barriers and excuses as to why they couldn't do it. And then the other type of kid were like excited about the opportunity to try to solve the problem and to really go at, get after it. And you know, some of them work for days to try to figure it out. And then went, and so she kind of coined these uh, fixed mindset, meaning my IQ is fixed. And if I don't understand something, it's because I'm, it's either beyond me or I'm stupid or I, my IQ is not fixed, and beyond, you know, and we know from Unbeal Mind that IQ is just one measure of many for intelligence, so it's not even a, a good one, frankly. But let's just say if your intelligence is not fixed, then you always pot, uh, have the potential to grow it and evolve it and learn. And so growth mindset people are learning machines, and they literally, and I saw this in the SEALs, you know, you, someone comes in as a dunce, and, they, and they, they retire 20 years later with like three PhDs, and they're just rock stars. I don't know why I went off in that tangent, but I thought it was important to just kind of talk about because as a parent, if you have a fixed mindset and you can have fixed mindset in in some areas of your life, like parenting and a growth mindset in others, like your business or profession. And, but if you have a fixed mindset in parenting, then that's going to likely transfer to your children, you know, in terms of their learning potential. Do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts on this whole subject? I I couldn't agree more. And I've got an analogy for you that, that 
that really illustrates that. So I think we as men, we are so wired, right, to, to hunt, to gather. Most of us have high work ethic. We always want to sort of sharpen our professional sword, you know, right. and, and and be the master of our craft, whatever right. professionally, right? The the analogy that I like to use is, you know, think of all the training. Actually, you know, let's just use, you know, your training as an example. Think right. of all the training and all the investment, time, physicality, everything that has gone into you being a commander in the Navy SEALs. I right. mean, that was tons of training, Enormous. tons of commitment and a lot of things to go through. Now, take that to the other end of the spectrum where you just have your regular person. They're like, Hey, tomorrow you're going to be a seal and you're, you're going, you're going to war. Right. So, and it's being thrusted into that no training. You're like, Holy cow. Like, what do I do? I'm, you know, you're overwhelmed. You struggle through it. You get very frustrated. Right. I mean, that's, that's not even, you know, it's, it's just massively overwhelming. Right. One of the things that I like to kind of compare that to is being a parent right. is kind of no different. You know, Right. It's one day you are not a father and the next day you are. No training program. <laughs> There's no training program. And the last time I looked, these kids don't get delivered with manuals. You right. know? So it's one of those things where we kind of figure it out as we go. And it, what I've noticed about doing this now for the past four years is it's a very intimate subject for men because we want – it's fatherhood is not something that we're going to raise our hand and be like, you know, I'm not so good at this part of it. I want to improve it. It's sort of like this – best kept secret, you know, that we all are sort of struggling with it to some degree, but we all want to give off the impression that we're great at it. Um, I, I think one of the things that you can do to always sharpen your sword as a parent is always be open to growth because the thing is, is there's very few resources out there for the everyday father just trying to step up his game and be better. And I think when you provide a platform, like what, just what I've done over the past four years, provide a platform for these guys to talk openly mm -hmm. about some of the struggles, but yet give the solutions to give some strategy. Because when we arm ourselves with information, with growth, uh, it, it just makes our journey as as a father that much better, and we feel more equipped for it. I mean, it's no, it's it's almost the same thing as going through all that Navy SEAL training and then coming out on the other end, and now you feel equipped you feel right. up to the job you've had all this training and preparation you know to do what you are gonna what you do best right uh, that's that's a terrific metaphor and i think the thing with parenting is that you don't know what you don't know until you find out you don't know it right right which is a lot so you get in all of a sudden you're thrust and now you're a parent all of a sudden and of course the other unique thing about parenting is it changes every year as your child grows, you know, because they change. And, and you, yeah. if, you, if you stay stuck or fixed, then guess what? The strategies you use when they're two or certainly aren't going to work when they're 16. I've noticed that uh, little detail. And the other thing that's really cool and it's been a really big eye-opener for me is how much your own father's patterns, you know, and, and for you it was multiple fathers or maybe absence of a father, but just that modeling. And if you have amazing modeling like I, i'm reading richard branson's autobiography right now and wow what a what a model he had for a father and a, a family and mine wasn't like that i wasn't mine maybe wasn't as chaotic as yours but it certainly wasn't all positive and you know great role modeling for parenting and I, I hope my dad doesn't listen to this <laughs> god bless you dad you did the best you could i know that and i honor you for it but here we are, you know, thrust into parenthood and all of a sudden, you know, we, these, these patterns come up and you're like, where the hell did that come from? Right? Where Absolutely. did that come from? And you're like, yeah. oh, I know where it came from. That's what my dad did. 
And so right. then like what your comment earlier on is like you kind of know what not to do. So I've had to do this kind of reverse engineering just like you and say, okay, that's not working. It didn't work for me. <laughs> Whatever just happened, that pattern has got to stop. And so then, you, then you're stuck with, okay, what do I replace it with? And that's why, why I think what the work you're doing is so valuable because you can, you can provide some of those answers, you know. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it, it definitely has been, it's been so rewarding, but it's been so rewarding because I feel like not only do I get to share what I've learned, but I've, I've gotten to be just a sponge for this information. You know, just, just on our podcast alone, the interviews, the subjects that we talk about, it's incredibly empowering, empowering and therapeutic because it arms me with just more information. And what I do is I just simply, just simply share it. And, and try to just empower other men with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the things that I've learned the most, and when you came on our show, you talked about it, and that's weak-minded questions versus empowering mm-hmm. questions. And what I mean by that is I used, I, I think for the first five years in my fatherhood journey, and I think a lot of us dads, by, by interacting with a lot of dads at this point, we kind of default to some of these things. Like we always ask the questions, why can't I? do this or shouldn't I be doing this better or why don't I have more patience? You know, just these really weak-minded questions. And one of the things that I've really learned over the past couple of years is how to ask myself better questions. Mm-hmm. You know, the the questions that come more from an empowering mentality right. versus this victim mentality mm-hmm. of instead of asking myself, why don't I have more patience for my kids? Why am I so frustrated? Instead, what can I do? to make this moment a better moment than it is? Mm -hmm. Or what can I do to take this moment and lead it to victory? Because as a father, we have these challenging moments that show up daily. Mm -hmm. And when we fall into that rut of asking weak-minded questions of why can't, it's just, it leads you down the path of exactly, your brain automatically starts thinking about, well, I'll tell you why you can't. These are the reasons why you can't. Mm -hmm. So it answers whatever you're asking it versus if you ask an empowering question of like, what can I do here that's going to lead me to some sort of positive outcome? Your brain will start searching, mm-hmm. you know, for, for solutions versus the problem. I love that. And, and that's where that whole imbuel mind witness process and feeding the courage wolf comes in because that, that is a precursor. Many people don't, aren't even aware that they're asking those disempowering questions and they're, they're literally feeding, you know, feeding the fear wolf by asking negative or negative open-ended questions, which, like you said, are, are weak. They weaken the relationship and they weaken you in the, even in the asking. But to be able to uh, witness that and to interdict it and to redirect that to a, a powerful, positive statement that's going to change the conversation and inject a, an authenticity into the moment with your child, you know, that takes practice, right? That's not a, a, an instantaneous thing. You don't change that in a th- with a thought. You ch- you start changing it with the thought and a commitment, but then you got to practice it. Am I right? It it is such a a learned skill. I mean, it's 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 funny because I'm sure you kind of get this all the time. You know, being what you've done, doing what you've done, being who you are. It's like, oh man, well, you know, you probably never have a bad day, or you could, you know, you, people kind of think of you in this certain way. I mean, the Good Dad Project. Yeah, I've had guys write in and be like, you probably have never experienced this. Or the, the funny thing is, is that we as I mean. Again, my house is definitely not full of sunshine and rainbows. There is challenges after challenge after challenge. And I think if we can simply as men just ask ourselves 
just different questions, just empowering questions that are going to lead you to a solution versus just focusing on the problem. I mean, you'd be amazed at at what your mentality will go search for when you just redirect it. So do you have some examples for our listeners of of some of the the types of questions that you've asked that have really made an impact or a difference? You know, when you start... Absolutely. Okay, Yeah. So I'll give you an example that I, I hear all the time. It's so common. So for most men... You know, our days, you know, our work life is not really usually what we want. We're not out there really living our passion, you know. So from like nine to five, eight to 10 hours a day, we're usually doing something that we don't necessarily love, but we're doing something that is bringing home a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And what I have found by interacting with a lot of these men and, and me myself, because I struggled with it for so long, was, you know, you put yourself in the majority of your day into doing something that you don't like doing and you're under demands and deadlines and pressure and all these things that can just wear and tear on your patience. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did so wrong for so long was that day would just wear on me something fierce. And when I finally got home, I would hope and part of me even expected and shame on me for even expecting that my house was going to be just filled with a clean house and laughter and kids, you know, no one's fighting and dinner's on the table and nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, you're raising three boys and it's just mad chaos all the time. (laughs) So one of the things that I found early on in my journey, and I've had the opportunity to talk to other men and they have struggled with it, is the hardest part for a man's day is about five minutes before he walks in his front door. Mm -hmm. Because he wants to show up. We usually want to show up big for our kids. We want to be that person that, you know, it's just going to be a positive environment. But for a lot of us, it's very hard to create that environment when when you're in your own head. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what I used to do is like, gosh, all right, I had a bad day. So um, I don't know why I don't have any patience today, but man, I hope my kids aren't acting out and I hope they're not fighting and you know, I, I don't know. I just, I hope things go good tonight, you know, and I just had like this kind of bitter mentality about it. And of course I was, you know, I, I was pretty much predicting exactly what I was, what I was thinking about. So I <laughs> Pre, walk in. Right. Preordaining and, maybe. Right. Yeah. It was, so I walk in and, and sure enough, you know, things would be pretty disastrous, but it was a lot of that had to do with my own mentality, my own perspective. When I found that I would prep. And I I use that, and I'll say that again, prep, be proactive in my mindset. So instead of wasting the ride home on listening to the news and all the depressing things going on in the world, I would use that as an opportunity to empower myself through growth in some way, whether that be a podcast, an audio book, or just something uplifting. And I would literally, as I'm listening to something positive, I would visualize things that I would do differently Mm -hmm. when I'd walk in my front door. So I'll give you an example. My wife always used to tell me, she could always tell me how the night was going to roll by the first 10 seconds I walked in the door. You know, Mm. shoulders slunched over, defeated, you know, pretty pissed off, you know, crabby with my kids, irritable. That had to change. And what I found out again is most men do struggle with that. So what, what I do now, I turn on something positive on the way home. I visualize what I'm going to do and I bring basically what I want to see. So just as you prep for an interview, you know, for a job, or just as you prep for a presentation to clients, you know, you're always, you're prepping your PowerPoint slides, you're going through the presentation in your mind, you're setting yourself up for success. You have to do the exact same thing before you walk in your front door to bring that same professional A game that you do all day long. You have to do the same when you come home. 
And one of the things that I would say is instead of like, why can't I have more patience or why am I so mad when I get off work? I would say, what am I going to do different today that's going to change the atmosphere in my house? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and one example is I'll do something drastic. You know, like I'll high five my kids, I'll lift them up over my shoulder, I'll twist them around, maybe I'll dip my wife down and kiss her. And in the back of my mind, to be honest with you, when I'm doing this stuff, I'm like, this is pretty cheesy and corny, but <laughs> but, but you're laughing. But it right? works, right? But but it works. The people in my house start laughing. I start laughing. And there's something to be said about momentum. When you start something like that, when you have that mentality proactively prepped that you are going to do something better and different a lot of the times you will get a better and different result. Of course. And I think that's one of the ways you can just simply, just being proactive and, and knowing you're going to do something different will make mm. all the difference in the world. I love that. That is so cool. You Thank know, you. and it's almost, it fits perfectly again with Unbeal Mind and, and our seal fit training in that we talk about the pre-event standard operating procedure. And, you know, we usually use this in the context of like getting ready for a workout or getting ready for a speech or or the morning ritual, even getting ready for your day. But if you if you treat re-entering that space, so leaving of the workspace, okay, at the end of the day, you would do a post-event standard operating procedure where you can kind of recap and make sure that you draw the positive lessons from all the interactions and events of your work day. So it kind of puts a, a cap on that so you don't drag any kettlebells of regret forward into your home. But then shift fire, and like you said, while you're driving home or even stop and do some breathing, and then visualize your evening with your family as a pre-event ritual. How cool is that? Or pre-event standard operating procedure. I love that. Um, Thank you. And I can imagine how powerful that will be. Cool. Uh, What other uh, rituals and and things have you found to be super, you know, effective in parenting? You know, it's funny, the dad's edge, I know it's called the dad's edge book, but I mean, the, the book is very, has very little to do with parenting, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. It really has to do with, with nine facets. We as fathers Mm -hmm. just truly have in our life beyond parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things that I think that we, we as men desire, I mean, because I've seen it so many times is we want, we want two things. We want a deep connection with our spouse Mm -hmm. and we also want deep connections with our kids. But a lot of times, again, you know, that blueprint for us to, to lead us to success sometimes just isn't there. And we get so distracted mm-hmm. with obligations and work and sports and homework and just all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, um, we as men, we don't want to lose a lot of times the ever really, we don't want to lose that flame that we have with our with our spouse. And a lot of times we get very distracted and that relationship can really be put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And 10 years can go by and you're like, man, I just, I don't know this person anymore. You know, we didn't, we didn't take the time. And again, it's that proactive approach. And in the book, I go over just three different ways you can do it. One is ensuring that you just have a daily connection with your spouse and prepping for it, like literally prepping for it, plan for it, carve out 10 minutes of undistracted time where there's no TV, there's no cell phones, there's no kids. My wife and I, we definitely don't schedule that time during dinner because dinner is mad chaos. <laughs> but, we, but we do schedule that time right before bed. Nice. And we ask, we come to that conversation prepared to ask each other open-ended good questions. Right. And what happens is like the question of like, how's your day? Good, fine. Those questions aren't allowed. It's more like, tell me three things that were fantastic that happened today and why are you grateful for them? Or tell me some things that were challenging today. What did you learn from it? Just mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, just that one question alone can open up just an 
incredible dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you can do is what my wife and I call, and it's in the book, the non-negotiable monthly date night. What I've found is the couples, like you'll ask, when was the last time you guys had a date night? And mm-hmm. they're kind of like, man, what? I don't know. What, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so my right. wife and I literally schedule these, the non-negotiable monthly date night that we go out every month. And right. we make sure that it's an environment where we can catch up. And we like, for instance, we don't go see a movie just because there's no interaction. There's just sitting next to each other in the same space, but an opportunity where we can both catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. The other thing, if I can give one more piece of advice, because it's in the book is when she speaks, be there. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I struggled with this so bad mm-hmm. because I would get so distracted and I found myself really not dialing in when she would speak. And what I found is, is that was extremely insulting to her. It, you know, it, it put a lot of distance in our relationships. So one of the things that I do when she speaks, I have to proactively remember mm-hmm. in my mind, okay, put the phone down mm-hmm. put the, and just dial in and listen to her. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I mean, that's, it, again, it's three simple strategies, but my gosh, it can make all the difference in the world. And as a dad and a father, and I'll, I'll just finish with this, uh, as a dad and a father, that relationship is is critical. It really is. It's, you know, it's criti- and whether you have a significant other or a wife, you know, it's it's a critical relationship that you can garner a lot of strength, right. or it can it can be a stressor. Right. I love that. Yeah. Thanks. So the, what I'm starting to hear from you and is a theme that you know fatherhood or being a good dad, I should say, is not necessarily about strategies and tactics, but it really is about learning how to become a good person, a better person, more authentic, more sincere, more connecting, and maybe more present. And then through that, you're able to meet the needs of your kids a little bit better, right? How interesting. That's, that's absolutely what it's all about. That, Like I said, the book is, it. yes, it's geared towards dads, but it's really just all the facets, the the nine things that we usually want to become better right. at. Right. And becoming a good dad is a byproduct of becoming a good man. Right. I agree. How cool. Um, I just ordered the book. Uh, so, oh my gosh, I'm honored. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so everyone who's listening, if you're a dad, then follow my lead and let's support Larry and, and go to Amazon and type in The Dad's Edge. I'm pretty excited to read it, uh, Larry. I'm, I think it looks exciting. It's got five-star reviews. Uh, and the other thing that popped in my head is, wouldn't it be interesting to collaborate on an Unbeatable Mind book for fathers? It's one of the things that I'm looking at doing is trying to extend the Unbeatable Mind into some niches you know, where, where I can connect more intimately with a specific need, you know, because right now it's kind of very broad, but I'd love to do a, an unbeatable mind for fathers, an unbeatable mind for mothers. I'd love to do an unbeatable mind for teens, an unbeatable mind for, you know, CEOs and athletes and stuff. And I thought I, the best way for me to do that would be to collaborate with people who are really into those specific niches. So if you're interested, let's follow up and have a conversation about that. That'd be pretty cool. I would be absolutely honored. I, th- I think what you'll find, thank you for buying the book, number one. I think what you'll find in that book, though, is so I was finishing up my book or in the middle of it when I started reading your book. One of the things I really garnered from your book was the the uh, the theme of the fear wolf. Nice. And, yeah. and, and the, you know, the... Uh, so there is some of that in there. I don't call it the fear wolf, though. Right. I call it the the voice of stress and fear, right. and how and how it can speak very loudly to us, and how we can calm that inner voice and different mm-hmm. strategies to do that. And some of that even came from the inspiration of the unbeatable mind. I didn't nice. call it the fear wolf, but it is. You know, it's that voice that can just yammer right. away at us. And if we create just that space, 
right. to just, as you put in your book, witness those thoughts and then be able to, you know, I know on our show you used windshield wiper them away, right. you know, and, and come up with a solution for victory. It's huge. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, I'd like to keep this, you know, relatively short. I know our folks yeah. are really busy, you know, and so I think we're about 30 minutes. So why don't we go ahead and um, kind of close things down? Where can they learn more about your podcast, The Good Dad Project? Yeah, sure. I, so we're on iTunes. We're on, you can just go to iTunes, Good Dad Project on iTunes. The Good Dad Project is also on Stitcher, but you can go to our site, gooddadproject.com. Okay. Uh, I've got the book there. I also have free resources there. Every episode is on there. You can actually listen to the episode straight from the site. Awesome. Uh, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter, Good Dad Project, and Insta- Instagram as well, Good Dad Project. Awesome, Larry. All right, folks. Uh, so it's Larry Hagner, Good Dad Project. There's no V in front of it. The book is called The Dad's Edge. It's available on Amazon. Go check it out. Uh, Larry, thank you very much for your time. Keep doing uh, the, the work that you're doing. It's really important. I think it's filling a huge need. And uh, let's, let's talk further about you know, ways to collaborate and to, um, to continue to support fathers and, and then you know, eventually uh, mothers and kids and everybody. <laughs> right? <laughs> it'd, be an, it'd be an absolute honor. Awesome. Absolute honor. Awesome, awesome. All right, hoo Great speaking Ooh, yeah. with you. Hey, folks, uh, send your uh, reach out to, to Larry on his website. Tell him uh, how great work he's doing and get his book and become a better father. I think we all have room for improvement. I'm speaking for myself as well. And uh, until next time, train hard, stay safe, have fun, and hoo-yah. Man of the Bye now. Sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frog man.